0: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. All right, we do this from time to time. It's called One Timers, where we throw things at Sean Shapiro for his vast knowledge of the NHL with his insiders and see what he has to say. Let's start with coming off the World Baseball Classic. Connor McDavid, uh, pretty cool, was outspoken and said that, you know, everyone's talking to me about baseball right now. I would love to, you see it in the news, I would love to have a world hockey classic. And it uh, kind of sparked uh, some talk. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure there will be some chatter um, this week. And I wanted to get your thoughts on, uh, on, a, on a classic where it features countries. I think it's easier in hockey to pull it off. Um, I think you'd have to figure out if you wanted to do it during the season, if you could bounce the all-star game without, you know, I'm sure there's some bonuses included if uh, players make all-star games, you'd have to figure that out. But, you know, I-, I personally would love to see it similar to when they stopped the season for the Olympics. I think it would bring a lot of attention.
1: I mean, there was, what, 2016 was the World Cup of Hockey. It was the last time they did it. And one of the biggest issues right now, and I don't want to go – I'll, I'll, so this the biggest issue right now with best on best hockey is there's the old issue <clears throat> where the nhl doesn't make any money on the olympics which is why we didn't have nhl players going to the olympics but last the last couple times and COVID obviously just became an excuse to to make it happen the other issue we have is the rut and i'm sorry to everyone who's listening because we're about to get into some sociopolitical political things because that's just the reality of what's causing this. Uh, there's the Russian invasion of the Ukraine and Russia is banned from competing in IIHF competition right now. Yep. And the NHL wants a best on best tournament. They are desperate for it. They really want one. So does the NHLPA both sides want this, but um, it's hard to do from the NHL perspective. It's hard to do. And, and in some cases, maybe even considered impossible to do a best on best tournament without Russia, how do you do a best on best tournament if you can't to sell Crosby versus Ovechkin one last time and everything like that? And it's it's the same it's the same reason almost. And I think we're just seeing this trickle down of of the NHL being so beholden to Russia right now through other things. And and please hear me out, people, because I there's I know there's a lot of. Um, because we've seen a lot of this talked about in in, in the NHL lately, but there's been the whole, the whole there's been the whole big talk lately about Pride Nights and teams mm-hmm. canceling, not wearing the jerseys before the games. The Stars, by the way, I thought did a great job with theirs. They did a really good job. All the players were wearing, and that means a ton. Like I, I think the Stars did a great job. And but you see, the Chicago Blackhawks said we're not going to wear one because we worry about the safety of Russian players. The Minnesota Wild said we worry about the safety of Russian players, and. That starts to ring really hollow for me when the stars do it in Dallas, and Evgeny Dadanov is wearing a Pride jersey before the game, and he's Russian. And Sergei Bobrovsky is wearing a Pride yeah. jersey in warmups before the Panthers game when he's got two Canadian teammates who are sitting out for religious reasons. Um, like I, so to me though, so much of this feels like the NHL, the NHL trying to find the landing where they can keep the relationship with hockey Russia, the Russian Hockey Federation, as smooth as possible so they can get their best-on-best tournament. Like the NHL at one point thought about like, oh, maybe we could do a tournament with Russian players, but they don't play under the Russian flag. And from my understanding, the Swedes and the Finns, understandably so, pushed back against that. They're like, you can't do that. And so I I, I think the NHL is so desperate, Crosby Ovechkin in a best on best tournament before their careers ended. And, and I, I think the NHL is, it's trying, it's like, it's kind of, it's the fighting, off like spidey, whatever, whatever, whatever example you want to use where you're, you're looking at the micro and you need to be looking at the macro, like, okay, Russia's not there. They should still do a best. They should still do a world cup of hockey. They should do one without Russia. IHF them, use that as the precedent yep. do a world cup of hockey do That's it what the do. season like you know what Sweden Finland gonna be great yep United States Canada still gonna be great great you're gonna have the German team now with you got a bunch of really good young German players sure right by Leon with Tim Stutzla and Mo- and, and Moritz Seider on, on Germany like you've got that you've got the the checks are the checks between I want to see Pasternak playing I want to I want to see yeah. you have enough this teams. tournament it, you have enough teams. You have enough teams, and you have, and you're just so bending over backwards to get this done. Where we have to include Russia, when you already have the easy out. The IHF has banned them. Russia was not at the World Junior, the Olymp- they Can't even play just just do it, right? Like, is it? We're gonna get to the spot where we're 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 caring so much about we have to we have to keep pushing this back, pushing this back, pushing this back, so we get Crosby versus. Ovechkin, when at the same time, they don't realize that they're pushing this back, pushing this back so much that we're losing prime years of Matthews versus McDavid. Yep, We should watch us. We, I want to see USA versus Canada, Matthews versus McDavid center off face off. Boom. There's your setting. Like just it's, it's such, I I'm getting, I just, the, the way that things are being the way that bend over backwards, just to make sure get to get one one matchup they want with Rush is just incredibly frustrating. Because, yeah. and I, I love that McDavid said something. Like I've I've gotten the feeling I talked to somebody um, actually at the All Star game about McDavid, and he is someone who, as far as by hockey player, by hockey players are incredibly bland in what they say most of the time, and that's true. It's just kind of it's a very team first space. But he's someone who is willing to at least break a little bit away from the mold more than. Crosby was Crosby had the best player in the world mantle and really decided to keep to himself. And that's fine. That's all his prerogative. think like David, at least I think is opinionated. And as he has success, as he starts to realize the, the voice, his the weight, his voice carries, I think we'll start to get a little more of this for the better. And so hopefully, Oh, hopefully it does. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting uh, side note is that um, Marty Walsh, I believe is speaking Thursday. He is new. He's the new executive director of the NHL Players Association. So I'm sure it'll be asked of him, um, and it'll be interesting what the Players Association stance on this is too. Yeah. So
1: it, w- uh, it will be it definitely. It will be something I'm imagining they will. Uh, the key is finding a way to make it work financially for both sides. And if they can do that, money speaks.
0: Good. Good for hockey. Quick sidebar. Is it possible um, in some form, if can you team up with another country? In other words, similar to a soccer friendly, could you do a men's women's where Canada and the U S play? Let's just say three games or four games, two in Canada, two in the U S.
1: I mean you, you you could I mean it's I don't know if there's any um we'd have to look I'm not sure if there's NHL something stopping NHL player contracts from yeah. doing this um like obviously the US the USA and Canada play do a lot of that in women's and in, in women's hockey you yeah. will see these rivalry series where it's I think they played a game in Anaheim earlier this year they yeah. played one in Nashville I think where so you see it in women's hockey um now the precedent is um, players for the for the men's and for players for the women's pro for the women's Canadian the United States team um, their main money maker at this point because of the state of pro hockey for women in the United States is comes from opportunities for Team Canada and the Team USA so there's no there's no space where they have a day to day employer who's going to say yeah I'm paying you I can't risk your injury. The issue I think is becomes NHL club saying like, okay, am I really going to be okay signing off with this for risk some injuries? How is this going to benefit me? So um, you could do something like that. Like a USA Canada series would be, that'd be a lot of fun. It would would be a lot of fun. The question becomes where the question becomes, when, how would you fit it in? Because um, I, I would I, one of the, the great things about the full tournament setup is you get like these teams kind of grow and mesh together and, and 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 grow together after three four games you get some really good hockey games. I don't know how even with the best players in the world um, if we just bring them together for two games or whatever in the middle of the season. Like I don't know how if that if that works. So the, the other thing that we need to do and it's why um, and I'm like, using the royal we. The other thing that hockey needs to do is it needs to make the world cup more frequent. Like you need to be like, okay, we're going to do it every four years or every two years or whatever. It doesn't matter when Russia will be allowed. Just do it because the issue right now is players want to play in the Olympics because it means something where you know, Hey, I won the Olympic gold medal in 2026. Somebody won it in 2022. Somebody won it in 2018. Like it's something that's actually like a prize. That's real, right? Like, like you win an Olympic gold medal a hundred years from now. Someone will know what an Olympic gold medal is. I tell you, I won a World Cup of hockey. Someone will be like, "Oh, what's that?" Yeah. Right now, like the world, the World Cup of hockey doesn't hold the weight or the cachet the way that the World Cup of soccer does. Right? right. Like people will know. For, so, hockey needs to figure out its best-on-best best international tournament setup and get something up where it's like, "Okay, we're going to do a World Cup of hockey every four years or every two years," and just think about the long term as opposed to trying to squeeze away into Russia into something two years from now or whatever. Yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, Next one timer. Let's go to Saturday night, Carolina, Toronto. Uh, For those of you that don't know, there's a rule in the NHL called continuation on Saturday night. For the second time, uh, the NHL referees used continuation continuation in that, The play was whistled dead. The puck clearly was still open. Uh, It was poked in uh, by, let me see, by Toronto to tie the game. The game was in Carolina, and um, officially they said the whistle had blown, but then they reviewed it. Clearly the puck was free, and continuation was called, goal allowed. So I wanted to... uh, Get your thoughts on that. It has been rarely called in that two times this year. It's kind of fascinating to see.
1: Yeah, it's just the right call. I think it's something where um, the everyone kept playing, and it was the circumstance, uh, and I, I think the circumstance kept playing. For me, and I'm not a referee, so I don't have the exact line-by-line line de- de- definition in front of me, but for me on that space, as long as it's a, an immediate continuation and like it was – like Matthews did on the rebound and Kuchekov kept playing for the rebound and everything like that, I'm okay with it. It's the one where if the whistle blows even by mistake and everybody stops moving and one person scores, that's the one where it's like, I think you have to use your better judgment and say that's uh, – we messed up. So I, I thought they made the right call on yeah. this one. Um I also think it's, it's, it's also such a weird like – um it's kind of one of those gray areas sometimes where – You'll know it's the right call when you see it, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I also uh, found it fascinating, which leads me to my next question, because just a short time later, Carolina took the lead with Sebastian Aho collecting his basically own rebound and putting it in. Sean, my question to you is, most underrated superstars or superstars that aren't, aren't on the map. And I would justify Sebastian Ajo as one of them.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's a superstar. He's, it's the whole, the
0: whole where he plays.
1: Yeah. But I mean, the other thing that, that comes up that's always an issue to me is like uh, the word underrated, I think is just gets improperly used because um this year, once again, for like, I feel like for the sixth straight year, like they did the player poll and most underrated player. And like, like I've been hearing about how Alexander Barkov is the NHL's most underrated player for six years. Like, I don't know how many, I don't know how you can be the most underrated player in the league for that long. That doesn't, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't mean, that means you're (laughs) the fact you're getting recognition for not being, I, I think it's more of a commentary on the commentary on you play in Florida, not that you're actually underrated. Like I think anyone who watches the game understands how good Barkov is. Um, I think Ajo is a good example of someone who. Uh, hockey is very much a team game, right? Obviously. But I think there are players who play for certain teams that get forgotten because of how that team plays or, or the the approach or or someone else overshadows them. Um like Jason Robertson doesn't get overshadowed anymore. Um he now he is a he is a star player who is an impact guy every single night. I think Sebastian Ajo, we just sometimes forget like because that Carolina team is so good and so relentless and comes after you in waves, you kind of forget that amongst those waves of Sebastian Ajo, You think about them as a full unit as opposed to, as opposed to one guy leading the charge where in Dallas, it was Pavelski and Robertson and Hins who have had to do a lot of the heavy lifting offensively. Yeah. Um, it's also the same way where it's like in, 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 uh, in like Edmonton, we talked about, you and know, I talked before again on the air of Ryan Nugent Hopkins is having a it's, he plays on the same team as Connor McDavid. So, and he has the same team as Connor McDavid, same team as lean tricycle. He's having an incredibly good year. Um, And I think that's, you and I both talked about it before we came on the air. He's having an incredible year that people are kind of missing and forgetting because it's easy to marvel at the stat sheet. It's one thing to, like, his numbers, if you look at them and he was on any other team, you'd be like, oh, yeah, he's having a pretty good year. But when (laughs) you're looking at the line chart and the other guy is doing McDavid stuff, they're like, oh, wow, this is like, I think it kind of gets lost on that. Yeah, Um,
0: Nugent Hopkins is a good two-way player, too.
1: Yeah, and um, to me, I think one of the guys who I've always think is one of the, and I, I people are listening who read, who have read me in the past. I always I was banging this drum for a long time before he got traded by Ottawa. To are you going to say Ryan Vegas. Reeves? No, no, not Ryan <laughs> Reeves. Um, I, I I was a big I I was a big proponent of Mark Stone, and I think Mark Stone is yep. a player who went healthy obviously he's dealing with a lot of injuries and now now his star power is up a bit since he's gone to vegas and you got the contract and the captaincy and everything like that but i think a player like mark stone actually fits very well into that yeah. underrated line because Agreed. you don't you don't realize how much he impacts the game on every single night i think i honestly think in dallas i think miro Heiskanen and maybe miro Heiskanen may actually be the answer on this because you look across the league, and even though he's having good, better point totals, and we've talked about it, like, you have these other, other guys on the list who people talk about best defensemen or these conversations, and Rasmus Dahlin, Adam Fox, his names pop up, and not that those players aren't great, they're good, but, like, I think Miro Heiskanen is quietly, is quietly, Miro Heiskanen's ascent feels very similar to victor hedman's for me hmm. where like victor had victor hedman and not obviously two different players yeah, hedman's yeah. much bigger but the way where victor hedman kind of went from like he was good and if you paid attention to hockey you knew he was good but he wasn't like universally looked at as like a best defenseman in the world until like everyone decided like oh my gosh we've all missed this we all better start acting like we knew it from the beginning I feel like we're going to have that moment with Miro Heiskanen. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's going, not you and I, you and I, you and I will be able to look to this podcast and yep. say, Hey, I told you so like a long, long time ago, but I feel like two, three years from now, everyone's going to be like, Oh, well, you're talking about the best defenseman in the world. You're talking about Miro Heiskanen. You're talking about Kel McCart. Like, I feel like we're just, we're, we're, we're getting close to that ceiling breaking where people are going to have to acknowledge that um, because people are going to have to acknowledge that. and and kind of point to that because it's, it's just something that while he's gotten some of his due, he hasn't gotten as much as, as he probably should. And I think these point, I think people are going to look at kind of uh, look at the the point totals this season. They're going to kind of see what he does, especially if he has a great playoff. Like I think all of a sudden, and then, and then who knows from there, like, I, I think it, it could be that's, Miro is really impressive to watch well, especially since
0: a- what we've talked about uh, the offensive yeah. game is I mean, not that it wasn't there, but i I can see a more proactive Miro in the offensive zone. um and specifically on that power play, I just think that and, and maybe it's the course of a season, but he's just become that quarterback that I think that the stars need on that power play.
1: Yeah, so. I, I, he's, he's that good. So,
0: okay. Uh, two, two quickies. Uh, unbelievable yeah. what Vegas are doing. Um, mm-hmm. don't know if Bruce Cassidy will get coach of the year. I doubt it. I think that'll go to Jim Montgomery and, and the Bruins, but going through five goalies and still most likely winning the West, uh, and all the injuries that have taken place. So, uh, stick tap to the Vegas Knights. Uh, I think they do. Uh, on uh, that,
1: on, on, yeah. on that real quick, Gavin, when you look at coach of the year, I want to. So, this is an important, so obviously you set an HL records for points potentially and everything like that. And Jim Montgomery is the favorite to win the Jack Adams, but are we underselling what Lindy Ruff has done in New Jersey still? Cause like I, I look at like, I, I, it's, it's something where one coach Bruce Cassidy has gone to Vegas and has had success. Right. Uh, but he left a very good team in Boston and Jim Montgomery has taken over, taken a very good team and turned them to a truly elite, great team. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. It's just, are we underselling when it comes to coach of the year? Are we kind of underselling what Lindy Ruff has done in New Jersey? I mean, everyone talks about, oh, you want to work, avoid Carolina or Boston in the first round. Devils are at hundred points right now. Like, <laughs> oh,
0: we're totally underselling it. I'm just going, mm-hmm. I'm going by, I, I'm going yeah. by what I feel will be the coach of the year. Yes. Not yes. necessarily, yeah. you know, what, what necessarily, you know, Gavin Spittle thinks, <laughs> yeah. you know, well, because I mean, I honestly, course, yeah. I think I think Todd McClellan has had a hell of a year in L.A., you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I yeah, think, I a think L.A., you know, they have a, a combination of vets and youth and they're kind of an under the radar team that is just stuck around and they got some really good players coming up through their system and but they're not really talked about. Um, so, you know, I think they've done a good job. I agree with you to me, Lindy Ruff, what a turnaround. I mean, you're right. He went from being booed to, I've never heard a fan base apologize. That is yeah. unreal. <laughs> so I yeah. mean, you know, stick tap to uh Lindy Ruff, And as I said, Bruce Cassidy with all the injuries, they've just sustained that. I just think that, um, you know, at the end of the day, I think Jim Montgomery, uh, probably takes it because of the, uh, yeah. the record.